I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, as we continue to talk about elections, uh, they aren't just happening here in the United States. Of course, uh, we know we just had a, a, a result yesterday in Brazil that was significant. Uh, and also Israel went to the polling booth uh, in record number, I believe, uh, as they continue to look at leadership there. And to help us break all of that down, we go to the ultimate inside source, uh, Amos Giora from the University of Utah. Amos, thanks for joining us. As always, a pleasure. Uh, so one of the things I think is hard for for us here in the United States to really wrap our heads around uh, is coalition governing, uh, that there are so many different political parties that uh, often the balance of power is is very tenuous at best because a few coalition partners uh, or parties go somewhere else and suddenly uh, things collapse. Uh, this has become a kind of regular viewing uh, in Israel over the last little bit. But what did what did we learn in uh, the vote that has taken place? How is it all shaking out? So you're absolutely correct that the Israeli system or the parliamentary system is indeed predicated on the requirement to form a coalition. And then once you form it, you need to maintain it and hold on to it. And what is called coalition maintenance is in many ways the essence of coalition governance. Mm. To create a government in Israel, we have 120 members of parliament, the Knesset. To form a government, you need at least 61, the majority. And the outgoing government, the now defeated government, was unable to hold on to its razor-thin margin of 61. And so we, there were elections indeed yesterday. And the way it works is, so the largest party is Likud, which is headed up by um, Benjamin Netanyahu. That will have, I think, 31 or 32, which means he still needs 30. And so he will easily create a coalition comprised of three other parties. And by bringing them him, bring those parties into his coalition, he will be, he's the largest party. But if you do simple math, it's in essence 50-50 split between Likud and the three other parties, or maybe even the three other parties have a little bit more. That will be, I assume, one does projections, he'll have a 65 55 advantage over the opposition, mm. which is, in Israeli terms, is, is, is an overwhelming victory. <laughs> that, that's a mandate. <laughs> it is. What makes it complicated, you're right to use the word mandate, but even though he is the largest party, 
his the stability of his government is dependent on the agreement agreeing of his coalition partners to his policy right. policies. So, for instance, if he takes actions that are contra to their political platforms, they can always threaten him by leaving the coalition. And that would then lead to a vote of no confidence right. and yet another round of elections. Uh, wow. Uh, and so so let's talk about that uh, coalition maintenance uh, that has to be uh, done uh, in terms of policy. So in terms of what can actually be put forward uh, in in this sense, will it moderate uh, or will it push things further out in terms of the kinds of policies uh, that Mr. Netanyahu, no stranger uh, to being in that chair, uh, is likely to go after? There will be, I think, four, five primary issues on the new government's agenda. Issue number one will be to order the, what will be, the, I don't know if there'll be a new state prosecutor, I'm not sure exactly what they'll do, but to end one way or the other the ongoing trial against Netanyahu. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Mm. And his coalition partners have made that very clear that for them that is a it's very important and it's obviously important for him so that's one two because of the three coalition partners two of them are from orthodox parties there will be unlimited resources thrown their way by buying essence buying them into the government three because Netanyahu and the Likud are very much in favor of West Bank settlements my assumption is there will be a significant increase in West Bank settlements. This, no doubt, will um, significantly irritate the Biden administration. Netanyahu was just interviewed saying that um, he's willing to um, have, however he's put it in Hebrew, to have um, an uncomfortable relationship with the Americans because there's nothing more important for him than than Israeli policies, and he doesn't need to um, be sensitive to the Biden administration. That's going to be a battle that will be fought out. And the fourth thing, and in many ways, I think the most distressing is the largest of those three parties and in American parlance is an extreme religious party, but extreme right wing, absolutely intolerant in terms of civil and human rights. Mm. There will be, I assume, legislation calling for the death penalty for um, convicted terrorists. There will be legislation calling, I predict, for deportation of Israeli Arabs who are Israeli citizens or um, convicted of terrorism, there will be other measures taken against, I assume, against what is deemed to be Israeli political opposition. 
the head of that party, his name is Itamar Ben-Gvir. Ben-Gvir has been prosecuted, convicted, tried, I think something around 40 times over the course of his life. He was not inducted into the Israel Defense Forces. The Army wanted nothing to do with him. He is, by American parlance, an extreme racist. He has um, violence in his background. His um, um, rhetoric is extremely violent. He's extremely racist. Right administration has already issued some uh, directly, indirectly announcement this morning that they will refuse to deal with him. He really is the one who will be to the right of Netanyahu, and Netanyahu has to absolutely please him because at any time Ben Gvir can say, you know, I'm taking my ball, I'm going home, and the government collapses. Wow, that's uh, that is going to be an interesting dynamic uh, to watch, especially with the White House already leaning into that in terms of, hey, we're not going to. We're not going to uh, interact with uh, someone who's been convicted of incitement, of racism. Absolutely right. And who will be, and there's no doubt that Ben Gvir is actively campaigning to be the Minister of Public Security for reasons that are very clear, For frankly, for those of us who belong to the Israeli center-left. The thought of, of Ben Gvir having a seat at the government table is, you know, for people like me, is, is, been a, is a nightmare. I want to be very clear about that. Yeah. So as you, as you look at moving forward, then, uh, what are the things, uh, as uh, Mr. Netanyahu starts to put together that government, what are the, the things? Obviously, this would be one appointment uh, that would be very closely watched. Uh, are there other things, both internal uh, and external uh, to Israel, that we should the be watching external, The external world, this government will be a, a domestic-focused government with zero interest in anything related to the Palestinians. Because all three of his coalition partners, Ben Clear and the two religious Orthodox parties, have no interest in international affairs or in foreign affairs. Mm. And Netanyahu will make his consistent noise about that, about Iran. I mean, that's a ticket for him. But the, the Palestinian issue, the larger Middle East issues are for this government are absolutely irrelevant. Yeah. What's the most important thing for us to watch here at home uh, in the U.S. in terms of uh, how it's going to impact U.S. relationships? One, you know, it's an open question what the Biden administration intends to do with Iran. And the Biden administration and its complicated relationship with now will be the Netanyahu government, how that impacts Iranian policy. The Iran nuclear deal, I think that's important. Two, seemingly the Biden administration is more focused on Russia and Ukraine. I remind all of us that because of Russian presence in Syria, I don't exactly know how a, this right-wing government will play out with, with, with respect to that. And ultimately, like it or dislike it, American-Israeli relations are sometimes distressingly so, are, are an important part of American politics. This will, I think, cause a very significant strain in that relationship. Mm. Great insight as always. Amos Giora looking at uh, the elections in Israel, what it is, what it means, and what it means for all of us here in the U.S. as well. Amos, thanks as always for your perspective. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That's our conversation with Amos Giora. Great insight on Israel, how it impacts us right here at home. We're going to go ahead and step aside for one last commercial break. When we come back, some final thoughts on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stick with us. We'll be right back. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.